0: Welcome to Welcome to Primetime, a show covering the Freddy Krueger-hosted anthology series Freddy's Nightmares, one episode at a time. I'm Brennan Klein. Every episode is brought to you by donations from listeners like you. You get one new episode for every donation. Please help us keep going by giving to The Okra Project, an organization that is working to feed black trans people in need. You can donate through the link in the show notes, take a screenshot of your receipt, and send it to w2ptpod at gmail.com, which you can also find in the show notes, or DM it to me on social media. Uh, Today's patron bringing you this episode is Andy Klein. I know that guy. (laughs) Um, And one more time, our guest is Shan Chalakian, returning from earlier this week. Welcome back, Shan.
1: Thank you. Back from the dead.
0: (laughs) Just like uh, Lori Petty last last episode.
1: Uh, As you know it. Although I hope I look better after every time I come back from the dead than she did.
0: Oh, don't worry. You do. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Okay, so uh, this week's episode is season one, episode four, Freddy's Tricks and Treats. Uh, the original air date was October 30th, 1988. Uh, here's what you could have watched instead. Not a lot, actually. I think they actually assumed people would be going outside on Halloween weekend, and they just put out a movie called Feds, um, which stars Rebecca De Mornay, which is about women in the FBI. What?
1: That sounds awesome. I want to watch
0: that. It does sound awesome. (laughs) Um, But, you know, it depends on tone, I guess. That's true. (laughs) Could be Silence of the Lambs. Could be some way worse. Um, It does seem to be a comedy, though. Anyway... Uh, The writers of this episode are... They seem to have been a writing team, at least for a period, of Gil Adler and A.L. Katz. Um, They both (laughs) worked on Children of the Corn 2, The Final Sacrifice, and uh, co-produced Tales from the Crypt, so this show definitely brought them to more horror anthology material. Um, But Gil Adler also co-wrote and directed... No, wrote and directed the Tales from the Crypt movie, Bordello of Blood, which is fine um and he produced freddy's nightmares tales from the crypt as well as a bunch of dark castle movies like the remakes of house on haunted hill and 13 ghosts um yeah a lot of people who worked on this show went on to do bigger things at least behind the camera which is fun good for them I mean um,
1: especially our our lead uh, actress in this in this episode
0: Ooh, we will get there okay. i'm so excited um yeah, the director is ken wiederhorn um he directed the nazi zombie movie shockwaves <laughs> um return of the living dead 2 meatballs part 2 and the 1981 like semi-slasher movie eyes of a stranger which is very grimy and gross but i Enjoy it quite a bit. Um, I think there's a lot of good performance moments in that movie. Um, Anyway, so the cast we're dealing with, uh, you know what, I'm gonna save the best for last, uh, because there is for sure someone that's most exciting to talk about. But we've got Darren Dalton, who plays Zach, the kind of psych student. He was in Red Dawn and The Outsiders. Uh, Daniel McDonald plays Mark, the boyfriend. Um, (laughs) He didn't do a lot, but he did date Miranda on one episode of Sex in the City. (laughs) Um, And then what Shan kind of alluded to, the lead of this episode, who's actually extremely present in both halves, which is unusual, is Mariska Hargitay, Olivia Benson herself.
1: Oh, be still my cold dead heart, Uh, Mariska (laughs) Hargitay. I, I like was shocked to see her as the lead in this and thrilled and then like progressively got less excited as the episode went on
0: that's generally how it goes but it is always all the kind of inane nonsense of this show is made better by just being like that's a baby Mariska Hargitay look at her running around on those little feet I know she
1: was 24 at the time I <sighs> just can't believe
0: these teenage stars it's wild like I'm, I'm glad we got Laurie Petty and Mariska Hargitay like I think these are the people who would have been around in 88 that you would have been most excited to see on screen so I I'm glad this kind of worked out
1: I know thank you so much
0: you're so welcome. Um, okay, so here's the plot of the episode. Um, Mariska Hargitay is trying to study for her anatomy final. It's Halloween night. Maybe it's not a final. It's a big test. Um, so they
1: say they say it's a midterm, which in October doesn't make any sense. But that's not part of the, the like, you know, synopsis, I guess. Um, but, yeah, her name's Marsha, by the way.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm i only going to call her Mariska Hargitay. But, yes, okay. Marsha is her character's name. Marsha,
1: Marsha, Marsha. <laughs>
0: um yes um so her her boyfriend mark sneaks in through the window he's wearing one of those shitty uh hockey masks that people in other horror franchises think are referencing jason but there's they're not they're so different um but yeah This boyfriend is also cute, just like, uh, Lori Petty's boyfriend. And I was like, all right, this, I can, I can run with this kind of trend.
1: I know you love the oversized jackets, like very eighties, like very (sighs) trendy, but it's okay. I have to say it's unclear that he is her boyfriend. Like he just seems like a clumsy, like guy friend who wants to be more, you know?
0: Oh, okay. I mean, that's totally fair. I got boyfriend vibes because she wasn't uncomfortable with him in her room. Like they had an intimacy, um, but also she definitely did not have time for him right so yeah but she's like i need to study but he keeps saying like this is halloween you know halloween is such a big deal and anytime he says that he pulls out a little pumpkin mask that nobody ever wears um but it's just it's his little visual aid to remind her that it's halloween
1: it does get worn eventually it does does it it does um later in the episode which we can talk about um, okay, we will but i i, I do i want to there are a couple other key things that that uh our dear readers dear listeners need to know which is that she lives in a frat house which no one explains there's oh, a, yeah there's a party going on that is like led by men that she's like upset because she's trying to study and that's when, like, Mark, like, comes through the window and is like, there's a party, like, go downstairs, have fun, like, you know, take the night off. And she's like, I have a midterm tomorrow. Which then it's like, okay, why does she have a midterm in October? And two, what demon from hell decided to have a midterm scheduled for the day after Halloween? Like, I've had professors that were, like, that mean, but, like, come on, you know?
0: Yeah. No, that is a great point. I didn't think about like, cause you're right. She does live pretty explicitly in a frat house, um, which makes no sense. Um, I'm actually, I'm looking up when October 31st, 1988 was, and it was on a Monday, so at least it wasn't like a weekend test. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, it, it's all very bizarre and doesn't make a lot of sense.
1: Yeah. And her room is gorgeous. It's massive. She's got a great couch, definitely not like college level couch uh not relevant to the plot but i just want i want the listeners to know
0: oh no i'm i'm really glad you brought it up because i wasn't confused by it but now i'm wondering why that is the case <laughs> like what what's wrong with me <laughs> um but yeah so she she ditches halloween to go to the cadaver lab the security guard tells her like oh halloween's a big deal in springwood because Freddie, and horror franchises do love to have all the horrible murders in their town become like a fun a fun game (laughs) um where everyone's like "Ooh, freddy and like you know i get it when it's like a a kind of town legend of like oh you know someone died in that house and it's haunted and you have to ring the doorbell but when it's like people continue to actively die all the time it's not like a fun halloween game
1: (laughs) yeah no kidding no kidding also as this is going on like you have to understand this is why I was, like, losing my faith in enjoying Mariska Har- Har- Harg- Hargitay in this, uh, this ser- in this episode, because she's talking about, like, having a midterm, and she's, like, supposed to be smart, but everything that comes out of her mouth is dull as nails. <laughs> that's, that's oxymoronic. Is dull as concrete. I don't know. Um, but it's like, I have an anatomy midterm tomorrow, and just like, hey, Mark, Get out of my room. Like,
0: <laughs> She's definitely, she likes to put a damper on things.
1: Yeah, but she's supposed to be intelligent. Like there's there's nothing out of her, that comes out of her mouth that makes me believe for a second that she's intelligent, intelligent other than the fact that she's wearing glasses and doesn't want to party, which is like a very like, that's what makes a girl smart, right? <laughs> she doesn't like men and she is wearing glasses.
0: That's a great point. Um, it's like she could just be the gym teacher from last episode. Yeah, um, we know. But yeah, so like she's working in this cadaver lab. Freddy Krueger, who is a large presence in this episode, because apparently like even though he is the host and isn't like part of the plot, sometimes he just is, which is kind of fun. It's probably how they kept the audience up. They were like, we promise he's in this one.
1: Yeah, I know. He wasn't in the last one at all, other than to just like throw in one liners as transitional scenes, not even in the thing. But in this episode, he definitely was in it.
0: In a way, because look, I don't think he was in the room with any of these people, except for I think Zach once. Um, yeah. There's a lot of gags of like where you see the claw, you hear his voice coming out of someone else's mouth.
1: You see a slashed like shirt.
0: Yeah, and then there's a lot of a lot of there are scenes with him interacting with Mershka Hargate where. It doesn't even seem like he's actually like he's he's on the floor looking up at her but it seems like the carpet he's on is different from the carpet in the room like they're not even trying to make it seem like they're in the same place oh no (laughs) um but yeah i think i think if you went up to Robert Englund and were like what was it like working with Mariska Hargitay he'd be like who
1: oh yeah they probably were never in the same room
0: yeah which is sad but at least he's they're attempting to make him part of this episode Um, so he carves boo on the forehead of the cadaver. Um, and then we basically, she starts washing her hands and she gets a flashback to her grandmother who raised her. Who's basically a a Mrs. White from Carrie. Mm -hmm. Um, she doesn't want her to touch boys. She like cleans her hands with soap and warm water. And she's like, you whore, we must get you clean. Um, and so she, Mark shows up again she's you know not having a good time and he's like you can't keep living in your grandma's shadow which is not the phrasing for that like it's not like oh my grandma was always better at me than running like like in the sports from last time it's like the the shadow is that she brutally tortured her granddaughter yeah i don't know it, it, it just doesn't make sense just grammatically
1: Oh, absolutely. I also don't know how much Mark knows about what happened. So like, I could see it making sense if it was like, she, you know, made it seem like grandma was just very intense instead of like grandma was straight up abusive. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah. So, so that's what she's dealing with. And Freddie is kind of using that to torment her in a variety of pointless nightmare sequences, which it seems like is what's going to be happening at least every other episode is just a random string of dream gags that don't really work (laughs) um so yeah freddy uh, appears as a skeleton and he pokes out mark's eyes and it just turns out to be a nightmare um then there's like an it's a wonderful life sequence where mark kind of becomes the angel and leads her to her family home and she sees the moment of her grandmother's death which is a great scene because grandma's shouting because okay so she's making out with a the, the boy and she's like my grandma won't be home for hours the grandma does come home and she's like you dirty whore unclean and then she's like your selfish parents had to go and die <laughs> leaving me in charge
1: yeah she's like i was looking forward to being a grandma that spoils her grandchild but because you became my actual child i hate you like yes so it doesn't make any sense um And I think before we go on any further, there's some things that we miss that are important to the plot. Okay, sure. Which is that um, when we meet Mark, he, like, comes in through a window in her room and is, like, come down to the party. And she's, like, no, and leaves him in in her room, okay? So he's just, Mm -hmm. like, in a room. She goes downstairs, runs into another two guys. I don't remember the blonde guy's name. And then there's Zach, the psych student, right? Yeah. And, um when she's downstairs she actually like joins the party for like a couple minutes to which yeah to which i'm like where's mark why didn't mark come down like the whole time he was trying to convince you to come down and you didn't and someone caught you on your way out and you were like okay i'll join and then zach the establishing point for his character is he's talking about how he is his work is to like make dreams something you can see so like you know, make it so you can actually see what you're dreaming, um, and then for some reason, it turns into him talking about how he does like how uh, he does like women uh, naked, and he does like watching them get naked, and he does um, think that like when a woman is naked, it is a like beautiful thing, and she can't even lie because her body tells like gives her away. It gets really creepy really quick. So, like as we're talking about these characters, like you need to keep in mind like. Zach is a creep.
0: Yeah, he's abominable. <laughs>
1: is just awful. And then Mark, like, was left in this bedroom, and she, like, wasn't convinced by this guy, because he's a dweeb, apparently, but was convinced by, like, whoever lives with her in this frat house who was like, just come for a minute. And then Zach creeps her out, so she leaves and goes to the cadaver lab. So those are important notes regarding the characters that we're going to talk about more about.
0: No, that's a good point. And, and, and also Mariska Hargitay, she's very reactive. Yes. She just... She's living in the moment.
1: Definitely. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, so we're, we're revisiting the scene of her grandmother's death during this fight about her being a whore. Um, in, in grandma's words, obviously. Um, she basically says, like, Grandma, I wish you were dead. And grandma does have a heart attack. But while she's having a heart attack, she still manages to squeak out one last unclean, which was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but then, like, modern-day Mariska Hargitay runs in, and she's like... I can, I can help you now. I learned anatomy to save you, granny, grandma, oh. <laughs> um, which was kind of amusing. Is that amusing. what that
1: was about? I didn't understand that. And she oh, like yeah. starts to try to do CPR, but like does like one half pump and then just like falls on her,
0: which is yeah, not, not how you save someone. Just this so everyone le- knows. This leads to what is the remainder of this half of the episode, which is just lots of shrill crying. <laughs> Um, yeah. we're just like, grandma,
1: grandma.
0: and I was like, mm. you know, sometimes people learn to act later in their careers. Um, Freddie does show up and they interact a bit. He's like, as the corpse of her grandma. Then there's a, a jack-o'-lantern with like a Freddy slash on it, which will be my next jack-o'-lantern that did look cool.
1: Yeah. No kidding. Th- that was, uh, uh, but I thought that was the mask. Like, at some point she's got the mask on and she's like putting her hands on it and it's ble- it's bleeding. I don't know when that was in the in the plot though. It didn't make any sense.
0: I truly don't like, look, this synopsis is really weak cause I had no idea what was happening. That's totally um, yeah. So Freddie's in- engaging with her inside and then outside the house. And it's the same house that's in the, like, that runs over the credits in the beginning. So I was like, Oh, they kept that set around. Um, and then mark shows up to talk to her again but then he's like my work is done and he disappears (laughs) um and then it turns out she's she's on the lawn outside the frat house screaming at the pumpkin mask like mark don't leave me mark and and then zach and the blonde guy are watching her and zach's like don't you see mark was a part of her mind and i'm like okay i mean thank you for explaining the plot of this episode like over halfway through the episode yeah but also how did he know how did he
1: what (laughs) okay so my understanding is so we cut to them watching her and she's like in she's like she's like in a sleep study essentially and they're like watching her dreams and so Uh this whole thing that we've been watching is actually a dream of hers that now it's like very meta it's like, okay we've all been watching the stream and now we see them watching what we were just watching which is a dream and they were both in it and so was mark and so that's when they were able to be like actually you know this gal that we found to be this test subject you know a couple months ago she couldn't do anything and now she's like a fully functional med student and it's because we've been able to like record her nightmares and have her watch them and like blah 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 Uh and and it, ma- it just makes it so much worse because it's, now it's like, okay, not only are we invalidating what she was experiencing, we're chalking it up to literally it all being in her mind, which, um, like the whole, like the fact that like Mariska hard Mariska, hard, hard to is like the, the lead role, but it's really, it's so like voyeuristic, like the whole episode, mm-hmm. um, in such a weird way.
0: You're right. Um, that, that's interesting because that's not how I took the first part. Like the first part is obviously a dream because Freddie's there and he's doing his thing. Um, but I didn't see it as a dream being recorded. I was seeing this as like the first nightmare that led to her kind of breakdown. And then she became part of the study. Yeah. Um,
1: no, I don't think that was it.
0: Oh, okay. I don't, that's how I took it. But like basically the, the Mark part, I get, like, I get that she was imagining Mark because this is something I was talking about a couple episodes ago where I was like in these kind of anthology shows, there's only two twists. It's either uh, the lead was dead the whole time, or there's a split personality character. Sure. And like, this is kind of a subsection of that second one where it's like, yeah, the character just didn't exist at all. Um, So I was like, okay, that tracks. But I was like, How did Zach know that Mark was in her head in the first place? Was she always talking about Mark? And then when she's screaming at the mask, he's like, oh, yeah, there's a reason. We've never seen Mark. But I'm just like, he just really had such clarity on the plot of this part of the episode. And I was like, okay, Zach, I'll just have to trust you on this.
1: I have no idea. You're right. I don't know. I have no idea.
0: But anyway, so, yeah, he is trying to videotape her dreams in the second half. Um, there's just like this really awkward strip tease where there's these men watching her through a window. They, they look like the band members of Bon Jovi that aren't Bon Jovi. <laughs>
1: yeah. I took that as like, now that her grandma's dead, she can finally be sexual and she was like seeing these two men in her window. And then she just decided now that her grandma's gone, that she can like strip for them.
0: And, and you're right. It's, it's extra voyeuristic too. Yeah. Because she's being watched in her dream, and then her dream is literally being watched. Yeah. Um, and
1: there was that little monologue by Zack the Creep that was like, I love watching women. Blah, blah, blah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. It does run through the whole thing. Yeah. Zach is horrible.
1: Zack is horrible. Also, even Mark, like, he, like, Mariska, Mariska Harite was like, I'm really scared. I'm so scared. And he was like, I know what'll help. I'll kiss you. Which is like, What? What is up with these men? No.
0: Yeah. It's all a problem. It's like, yeah. When someone's in distress, um, igniting their sex drive is not really like the point.
1: Yeah. Never have I been afraid and been like, I wish someone could kiss me right now. No.
0: Yeah. It's like, I I want no one to touch me, you know, unless it's like a hug or supportive, like, you know, like literally feeling like your body weight be supported by someone can be important, but it's like, I don't need, I don't need the wet lips right now
1: yeah what and i don't need to worry about like my performance in this act to make you your feelings better like what is this no
0: yeah it's it's a mess um Yeah. So yes, everyone's terrible. Zach, especially is terrible. There's a bunch of scenes in this half of the episode where he's talking to his friend and also the Dean. And they're both like, you're taking this too far. You're torturing this girl. But he's like, she needs to be really afraid in order for the videotape to be really clear. And I was like, Oh, so that's why none of my VHS has turned out.
1: Um, (laughs) He also makes a point about like, we are eliminating six months of therapy by just, you know, recording once. Like he's like, he's like vindicated um, in like, we're making a great, discovery that's going to help people when in reality it's like really just torture
0: oh yeah he's fully mad scientisting it up yeah um but there's also there's something i've noticed about the score of this show where they kind of do this kind of magical wind chime sound effect a lot where it's like i like it yes it's a good sound effect but i don't feel like it always applies to the scene sure because one time it played just right before they cut to another scene. Like it's Zach alone kind of staring off into space and there's the wind chime noise. And I was like, oh, is there, did something appear behind him? And I was like, no, nothing happened. Yeah. It's just
1: like that dramatic pause. like, dun, 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 something happened. Now we're yeah. going to transition to the commercials or like, it's very dun, soap dun, dun, something is behind you, but you don't know what, you know? Yeah, it's kind
0: of like the the fantasy of it <laughs> or the, the fantasy horror element of it.
1: Yeah, see, when we redo the series cuz that's what this this whole thing is about, um we will just have two tones and there'll be a transition tone and there'll also be like a there's something happening tone for those people who aren't paying attention. Although I don't know how you could watch this and not pay attention because if you're not paying attention, you're going to be even more lost than if you are paying attention, <laughs> which is still lost.
0: Yes, it, it it it's like being lost in a Walmart versus being lost in the woods. <laughs> Oh, so true. Um, but yeah, so there's a little gag where Freddy Krueger is in the TV um, that's recording her, and he's, like, messing with some wires, and there's this, like, kind of stop-motion wire claw that grabs her head, which is fun. Oh, yeah, that um, was good. And then Zack takes her to the boiler room, because now the the kind of mental thing that she's facing now is not her grandma. She is not mentioned anymore. Now it's just Freddy stuff. Um, the boiler room has some, like, fun red and green lighting. Um, there's this wild thing where he's set up a mannequin to look like Freddy Krueger and there's a swinging light bulb behind him. Mm -hmm. Um, and so you see Freddy's shadow on the wall. Um, but there's also this big square blockish thing that's part of the shadow. And it just looks like Freddy's opening and closing a door over and over again in the shadow.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely like, I feel like they were trying to be like, okay, we tried the grandma thing. And we got you as scared as possible, but that didn't scare you enough. So we got to find something else. And maybe it's Freddy. Maybe I'm trying to make the plot work too hard. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Cause they didn't try. So why should we?
1: That's yeah, that's true. That's true. So
0: it gets even more confusing. So basically the Dean shuts down the experiment, but he wants to keep going. And she says she wants to keep going. And then they kiss. Um, and then that m- might also be a dream. But then she's in another dream in the boiler room. There's a little girl in a cage. Okay,
1: is it a little girl or is it an adult that just looks, looks like a little girl?
0: That's a great question because I think all people under the age of 18 were styled like they were 45-year-old accountants in the 80s. So it's hard to tell.
1: That's true. Okay, keep going.
0: Um, so there's this girl in the cage. She turns into a Raggedy Ann doll and Freddie rips it up. And Freddie finally is in the frame with another actor um, when he kills Zach, he kind of pulls Zach into the dream. And then I don't remember, sorry, I think this is out of order in my notes cause it just doesn't make sense. But Zach's choking her at one point. Cause he's like, it's the ultimate stimulus. <laughs> um, I'm like, all right, kinky.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say like, uh, voyeurism and yep.
0: Yeah. Okay. Wait, so, okay. Sorry. I, I did mix up my notes a little bit so like
1: no i think that was he, right like i think that there was Freddie, and then you like and you it like cuts to oh she's in a dream and she's being choked by by zach so it's yeah, like stimulating but, more or something
0: yeah but i guess zach hasn't been pulled into the dream yet because she goes back to the dream with the little girl um and she goes she's trying to find her and she's like little girl where are you which is one of my favorite things to make fun of in scripts like this of people just addressing each other as their age and uh, like appearance of gender. <laughs> um, Cause I never in my life have been like, Oh, where are you going little girl? And I mean, of course that would sound incredibly creepy. Oh yeah, um, But it just, it reminded me of the most recent time I saw that was in that Vanessa Hudgens Netflix movie, The Night Before Christmas.
1: Oh my gosh. I love that movie.
0: It was a wild time. But the the knight, like K-N-I-G-H-T, who goes into the future to visit Vanessa Hudgens, um, he is sent there by like this kind of witch lady who only is called Old Crone. Whenever he's looking for her, he's like, Old Crone, where are you? Old Crone.
1: (laughs) Dear listener, when was the last time you called someone Old
0: Crone? Yeah, and please stop. (laughs)
1: Yes. What was his name? The knight again? Sir Cole. Oh, my God. Circle. Yeah.
0: A.K.A. Circle.
1: Yep. Yep. It's a general anyway,
0: movie. So, yeah. Zach gets sucked into the dream. He gets killed by Freddy. And Mariska Hargate is like, it's your dream now, Zach. And that that's kind of it. Freddy shows up. And he says, stick that in your VCR and suck on it. Which is not the worst thing he said, but one of them.
1: <laughs> but, like, stick it in your VCR makes sense. Like, just that. Right? But then the, he added the suck on it. And I was like, I don't. What? He also, yeah cuz
0: it Sorry, it's cuz the thing is like put that in your pipe and smoke it. It's combining two things. It's a mixed metaphor.
1: Sure. Sure. Yeah. It didn't make any sense. Um I think additionally like his other great line in this whole thing is I love screamers, which comes after
0: Oh yeah. Someone's I forgot that scream.
1: It doesn't matter. Um so that was that was really all the the best Freddy bits. Um but I do think okay, so you know how Mercat Hartshay kiss zach and we were like what is happening what's going on um so she's established that and then she's like going she's like in the dream herself she's like little girl where are you little girl um and she finds little girl and then they talk and then she leaves and then and she's been choked by zach and next time she's like zach come in with me don't make me go back in there alone and he was like okay and so he goes in with her and then she's like it's your dream now sucker like
0: Oh, so you think she trapped him? Oh
1: yeah, I think that Ooh. she like she like knew he was creepy from the beginning, um, and then and then like convinced him that with her feminine wiles that she li- <laughs> that like he likes her or that whatever she likes him. Yeah,
0: because she knows he's a creep and he'll go for it.
1: Exactly, and then traps him in the dream.
0: Oh, okay, that gives her a lot more agency. That's a good reading. Um, I truly had checked out by this point in the episode. I was like, I do not have the slightest like potential of knowing what's happening.
1: Yeah, let's be real. This is like me writing a thesis on this. It's not like it was actually that good to begin with where I could get this information. This is like, I gotta make it better because it was that bad, you know?
0: Yeah, you you have to make it worth your while to watch
1: it. Absolutely.
0: Uh, Speaking of, it's time for final thoughts. Was this episode a dream, a nightmare, or did it put you to sleep?
1: It put me to sleep. It was uh, atrocious. There were some parts where I was like, what's going on? But the fact that those moments were all about men, didn't care for it so
0: agreed yep. especially when you have such a like fun actress a- in the lead
1: underutilized 10 years later she gets she gets the lead role in a show that she's been in for 20 years so at least she gets what she deserves but
0: yeah she's in the dream now yes yes <laughs> um yeah this episode also put me to sleep it's just like it was not so bad it, but it wasn't good. It was just nothing. It was just really boring to watch.
1: Yeah. No kidding. No kidding.
0: Um, and yeah, so that's the end of the episode. I will give you a synopsis of what what's happening on next Tuesday's episode shortly. But first, one more time, Shan, you know, again, you're not on social media, but is there... Just some somewhere on the internet you want to point people to that you think they would enjoy?
1: Uh, yes, I am going to point people uh, to whatever Brennan's doing out in <laughs> the sphere. He has, does great work, and I am, always have a great time being a part of anything he's working on. So please just doubly support Brennan in my name.
0: Oh, man, you were too nice, Shane, but thank you again. <laughs> um... Okay, so every episode is brought to you by donations from listeners like you. Please help us keep going by donating to The Ochre Project. You can donate through the link in the show notes, take a screenshot of your receipt and send it to W2PTPod at gmail.com or DM it to me on social media, which is on Twitter at it's Raining brands and Instagram at TheBurningClem. Our artwork was created by Henry Hall. If you'd like to support trans artists, and you should, you can send him a commission at henryhall.design. Our theme song is Living in a Dream by Pseudo Echo. And the next episode, episode five is called Judy Miller. Come on down. A married woman is into watching game shows and she gets onto one, which becomes a nightmare wherein if she answers correctly, her husband dies.
1: Ooh. Yeah. That sounds fun, right? Yeah, totally.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah. So we'll see you on Tuesday for that episode until then, you know, have a nice day. Bye. Uh,
1: sleep well, dear listeners. Ooh.
0: Ooh, that's good. I might steal that. Please do. Please do. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) All right.